Thanks for tuning into our podcast. We love having you here, and it's our mission to bring you all the latest and greatest tips, skills, and know-how to make you the best that you can be. We know that you have it in you, and we're going to show you how. Now, now, let's get started. Well, hi again, everybody, and welcome back to Anti-Bullying 101. My name is Jim Burns, and these podcasts are designed to create awareness about the bullying epidemic and provide teachers, administrators, parents, and yes, even students information about the dangers of bullying and why we have to take a comprehensive approach when dealing with the problem. I am your host for the show. I am a retired high school administrator with over 40 years of experience in education. Currently, I'm a college instructor and I've designed the Bullyproof Classroom, a graduate course that provides my students with permanent help, not temporary relief, as they battle a bullying epidemic. Today, we're going to take a look at what you would do if someone was rude discourteous and downright disrespectful to you in your place of work or in the faculty room. Well, many years ago, I taught middle school emotionally disturbed boys at a school in New Jersey. And these kids were disrespectful, rude, discourteous. They had all manner of problems. And I was always kind of up in the air wondering, do these kids have clinical issues or what they doing? Is it learned behavior? Uh, I didn't quite understand what it was. I was only a very young teacher. And in one of the elementary schools, they had a young student who was only 11 years old, far too young for middle school, so I thought, that they decided to send over to the middle school because he couldn't be contained where he was. His name was Sam. We'll call him Sam anyway. Sam was about as high as a doorknob on a door. But he was the most provocative kid. Everybody was set off by him. He was, dis- he was absolutely disrespectful, irresponsible, non-compliant. He was out of control. So out of control that the rest of the class almost went up in arms when he started doing things. And so Sam not only did something, I had to control the rest of the classroom, which was 10 emotionally disturbed boys between 14 and 16. And Sam was 12, 11 or 12. And one day it dawned on me that this kid never takes the day off. 
He never takes any time off. Now I understand, you know, kids, this was, this was in an urban setting. School to them is a haven. And every morning the kids would congregate at the, in front of the school waiting to hear the entry bell. And my classroom was on the third floor. And I would be hanging out of my window looking down at the vast number of students that were there waiting, waiting to come in. And you know what I was doing? I was looking to see if Sam came to school that day. And I was praying that he didn't. I was absolutely just hoping that he didn't come to school. I needed a break from this kid. He was so unbelievably out of control. Sam, at one point, didn't come in one day. And I had all I could do to not just not want to jump up in the air and yell, Yippee! He's not here. But, as luck would have it, Sam showed up right before lunch, as many of these kids did. And I took one look at him when he walked through the door, and I felt the energy in my body drain right out. In other words, I was able to just deal with the, the, the day without Sam, and I felt so relaxed and empowered, and the minute he showed up, the energy drained right out of me. And I can tell you that teachers at the high school level, one of the more important documents that they read every day is the attendance sheet because they're checking to see if certain kids are going to be in their seventh period class and they look at the attendance sheet to see if the kid is in because that kid that they have in the seventh period class is out of control. Now, there's a certain amount of honesty that we all have to have when we're dealing with this type of thing because, you see, we drank the Kool-Aid years ago and it's just been passed down through the generations, on and on. And you know what that Kool-Aid is? That Kool-Aid is, I like you, but I don't like the, your behavior. No, you don't. You don't like the kid. How can you? His behavior is so out of control that you have a hard time sympathizing with the fact that he's got something wrong with him, be it learned or organic. And he's usually treating you with disrespect. Now, I share this with you because what I want you to do is come clean with yourself. Because I know my body posture when Sam walked into that room was incredibly poor. And he knew it. And I could tell him, I like you, Sam, but I don't like your behavior. And you know what he would say to me? No, you don't. I don't like myself. How can you like me? Come clean with the fact that there are certain kids you don't like. Now, don't go around telling kids you don't like them. That's not what I'm talking about here. I'm talking about the absolute crap that we get sold. The, the, 
garbage that we get sold and the things that we are expected to put up with and deal with in the guise of being very professional, we always seem to think of that statement, I like you, but I don't like your behavior. Now, let me ask you a question. You walk into the faculty room one day, and there's a teacher in there, another teacher, or you're at a faculty meeting, and you got your hand up for 10 minutes, and an administrator doesn't call on you because he doesn't care about what you have to say. You get so angry and you start to have feelings toward this person like, you know, he doesn't like me. I, you know, I got my hand up. He doesn't want to hear what I have to say. He's rude. He's discourteous. What are you going to say to yourself? I like him, but I don't like his behavior. What are you going to say about a, a teacher in the faculty room? Or if you work in the place of business and you're listening to this podcast and somebody gives you a hard time, and is rude, discourteous, mean. Maybe they tell off-color jokes. I mean, they're just jerks, really. Okay, what are you going to say? Oh, I like him, but I don't like his behavior. No, you're not going to say that. So why do we have to think that way about a kid? Uh, Come clean now and understand that you may not. It's okay. It's okay if you don't like a kid. There's a lot of people we may not like. I didn't like some of my teachers, but I knew I had to sit and learn from them. It's whether or not, whether or not while all of this is going on, if we can still teach that kid through the feeling that we don't like them. Can you still work with them and do what you can to make sure that he understands the content? Now, if he doesn't let you because of his behavior, that's another reason why you're starting to have that feeling deep down inside, like I just wish he would take a day off. We are human beings. We're human beings. And human beings require a certain amount of respect. They require us to be treated kindly. We need that from other people. Now, what's going to happen if we continue to think along these lines? What's going to happen? You're going to have a young kid grow up. He's going to grow up. And really begin to think that regardless of how he acts, everybody still likes him. You don't think that can happen? Let me explain something to you. There's plenty of people who do not have any self-awareness at all about how they grate on people and how they aggravate people. And they think that they're just like Jack Armstrong, the all-American boy, where everybody loves them. And then when they find out that not a lot of people like them, you know what starts to happen? They start trying to figure out why. They don't even realize that they're a problem for others. And this starts to happen sometimes in high school. You think kids are, you know, he has friends or she has friends and everyone thinks they're getting along. And kids aren't going to walk up to one another and say, you know, I like you but don't like you. They're not going to do that. But they'll start to avoid them. They'll start to um, 
talk about them. You'll have gossiping, rumors. You'll uh, dread them coming to a party. Like, is he coming? Oh, God, no, I can't take him. You know, and so you'll, they'll dread, and this will go on. And you are doing a kid a grave disservice by saying that or even thinking that because he needs to know that he owns his behavior. I mean, you got to be honest. Sometimes we just don't like the kid. But we drank the Kool-Aid that came. You see, this little gem came out of the 60s and 70s when we had the self-esteem movement. And we didn't want to make anyone feel bad about themselves. Well, how does somebody change when they realize that the path they're on isn't too good? That's how they change. You see. So... We are all measured by our behavior. I own it. I am the behavior. Like me, but not like my behavior. Why don't we knock it off? I mean, that's just absolutely ridiculous. There are some adults that we don't like because of their behavior. And at times, we may be, be, we may be married to one of them. Why should kids be any different? truth is you don't like them because of their behavior. You can have a very difficult time separating behavior from a person. The person from the behavior. It's very hard to do. Because when certain things... This happens with our parents. Our parents give us a hard time. We end up not liking them when we're teenagers. So what you start to do is you start to associate their behavior with a lot of other people. In other words, my boss is just like my dad. And you didn't like your dad. So you'll look for everything that, every type of thing that your boss does and you'll have difficulty dealing with the personality of your boss. But the minute you come clean and say, I really had a hard time with my dad and I got to figure out what I'm going to do to make sure that his personality isn't something that bothers me for the rest of my life because I'm going to say something right here and now. Any person that you have trouble with, and I don't mean the individual, I mean their personality, which you associate with that individual, that personality will follow you your entire life until you learn how to deal with that person. So if you've got trouble with your parents or your, someone, your dad or a brother or a sister when you're growing up, guess what? That personality is going to follow you your entire life. Do you think they're the only one with that personality? Sometimes certain personalities in our classroom at the high school level can intimidate us and their kids because they remind us of a personality that we have yet to figure out how to manage. If, in fact, you're having trouble with a personality or a kid or anybody and you don't like them, 
it's okay. But what you're going to have to learn how to do is deal with that personality. But don't buffalo yourself and don't drink the Kool-Aid that says, I like you, but I don't like your behavior. That to me is a cop-out. And you have to come and you have to admit to the fact that that personality has either intimidated you, frightened you, or just has made you anxious or you made you back down during power struggles because you never learned how to deal with it early in life. I like you but don't like your behavior. Let's knock it off and really take a close look at what personalities, what kids are getting in the way of us doing our job and maybe even some adults that are intimidating us to the point where we get anxious, we get frightened, and we don't know how to confront them when we have to. Let's be real. Lay off the Kool-Aid, folks. I like you, but don't like your behavior. Don't drink it. My name is Jim Burns. You've been listening to Anti-Bullying 101. Please go to my website at www.bullyproofclassroom.com. Find a whole bunch of resources there, courses, products, and so on. You'll love them. Take a look at that. Subscribe to our podcast. It's on iTunes. It's on about eight different platforms. Subscribe to it. Enjoy them. Listen to them. They're free. They're free. And I'm sure that you'll get something out of some of them. Once again, my name is Jim Burns. Oh, by the way, forgot to tell you this. If you go to the court, this uh, podcast, this episode description, you're going to see uh, a link in there that says everybody knows. Click on it. You'll be brought to a course that'll begin to teach you, okay, that you can take that will teach you how to deal with certain things that are just weakening our schools. And this is a great course because I give you the problem and the solution. So you're going to get a lot out of it. And guess what? It is worth 10 professional development hours. So take, take, take the opportunity, go there and do it. Right now on, in the uh, Bullyproof Classroom store, we have Everyday Strategies and we have Anti-Bullying 101 combined in a package. They sell for $9 a piece. I've combined them. Okay, both books, $15. As soon as, you, as soon as you buy it, you download. You got two downloads there. Click. They're both yours. You put them right on your computer. Reference them whenever you want. Once again, my name is Jim Burns, and thanks for listening to Anti-Bullying 101.